Today's April Fool's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and our favorite app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Go to SeatGeek.com slash BS to start using SeatGeek in time for the Major League Baseball season. Don't forget to download the free SeatGeek app and our promo code BS. SeatGeek sends you $20 upon your first purchase. Today's BS Podcast is also brought to you by Untuck It. Hey, gentlemen, if you're wondering whether your shirt is too long to wear untucked, well, guess what? Untuckit.com has solved this problem by making shirts designed to be worn untucked. Untucket shirts are designed to fall at the perfect length. So visit untuckit.com and learn why GQ called them perfection or visit their store at 129 Prince Street in Soho. Untuckit.com. Use code BS20 for 20% off. And we're off. Yeah. Clear enough for you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is exciting. This is the biggest time zone difference we've ever had on a BS podcast. Calling from Russia, the greatest women's basketball player of all time, Diana Taurasi. How are you? Is your intro song really Tupac? Yeah. How about that? That's amazing. That's amazing. I figured you'd like that. How are you? That's great. I like that. I'm feeling great. I'm over here in Russia. Uh... You know, the grind continues. What's the are you you're in the playoffs, right? What what is the playoffs called and what round are you in? So there's two playoffs. uh Russian League playoffs which uh start tomorrow the quarterfinals. And then we have our Euro League which is which is the big boy and that one is April fourteenth. And then after that's done you fly back here and you start the twentieth WNBA season. You're back, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, our first game is the 15th, I think. So I'll probably get back to L.A. around the 5th and then go straight to Phoenix from there. And then during that season, you're going to Rio to try to win your fourth straight Olympic gold medal, which only one other person has done, Lisa Leslie. That's happening too, right? That's that's the plan. Hopefully I make the team. Oh, stop it. Don't say that. Come on. <laughs> and then after that... Probably WNBA playoffs. What a run. That's a lot of basketball. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much been the cycle for, you know, the last decade uh, for me and for a lot of other players. Um, and uh, I think lately it's been, you know, talked about a little bit more how, you know, that vicious cycle is really, really something we talk about because it takes a toll on you mentally, physically. But, uh, you know, I took last summer off and, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for that journey. So, yeah, I was going to say, you took last summer off, and people thought that was, you know, not a great sign for the league, that the best player in the league decided not to play a season. But I don't think people realize that going year-round, basketball-wise, year after year, like, sounds like you just needed to refuel yeah. physically and mentally. Yeah, I think, and, 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 you know, I think at one point in your career, you have to make a, a tough decision. Like, the other day, I saw Chris saying he's not, not going to Rio to play in the Olympics, and... I'm sure that's a decision, but at a certain point, you really have to listen to your body. And knowing we're getting up there in, in, in years played, you know, those three, four months off can really help you for the, for the next three or four years. Right. Um, all right, we have some stuff to talk about. Let's talk about UConn first. Um, there, there was a little, mo- a little media momentum going this week, started by Dan Shaughnessy in the Boston Globe, who I usually disagree with. I thought this was an interesting take <laughs> that basically Gino Ariema and UConn are ruining women's basketball because they're too dominant. 
Can you be too dominant as a women's basketball team? I mean, that's. I really just think that's such a silly argument. And and I hate to always agree with Coach Ariema, but on this one, I mean, he said it perfect. Uh, I mean, you have so many dominant, not only individual players, but sports teams over the years. And no one would ever accuse the Lakers and the Celtics in the 80s of being bad for basketball. No one ever accused Roger Federer of being bad for tennis. I mean, greatness stands on its own. It's something that, if you're a true sports fan, don't you want to see that? I do. I love seeing it. I love people who dominate because that's showing you that they're doing something that no one else is doing, whether it's preparation, whether it's something innate they have. I mean, that's beautiful to watch. I agree with you. With that said, I think it was better. <laughs> I think it was better. Like you mentioned the 80s, the Celtics and the Lakers. Well, they had each other and they could measure each other by yeah. each other and they were trying to push each other. This is starting to feel like you know, I would always hop in for for the women's final four. I don't even know if I, yeah. I I don't even know if I'm gonna care this year because it just seems like UConn's gonna win both games by 35 points. So why do I even need to watch that? I don't know if that's great. And it's never you know Pat Summit was there for a long time, and that was the big mm-hmm. rival. Then Notre Dame got in there for a couple yeah. of years, but it would be better if they had a rival, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like when we were in college, we did with, with Tennessee and Notre Dame. But, you know, the funny thing about this year's Final Four, so you obviously have the most dominant program of all time, and then you have three teams that have never made the Final Four before. Yeah. So you have, like, the most open Final Four, and at the same time, people who look at it through a little keyhole, the Final Four that it's already a foregone conclusion. So, it, you know, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword right now with the, the women's final four. Can you name four, the four teams that are in the final four, Bill? Please tell me you can. I can't. I can't. I, oh, I, I, are you kidding I know, me, I, I haven't because I just – I know UConn's going to win. So, you know, there's a lot going on. I got fantasy baseball. <laughs> I got NBA. I got WrestleManias coming up. You're I got D'Angelo me. Russell starting Snapchat. WrestleMania. D'Angelo Russell's in a social media thing. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that has nightmare written all over it. I, I want to get to that in a second. So let's say you're 17 years old right now. Let's say time machine you. We're, we're throwing you in a time machine from when you were one of the top recruits. I can't remember how many years ago. And you're picking schools now. Why would you pick any other school than UConn? Yeah. I mean, any kid is just going to be like, yeah, I want to win mean, titles. I'm going to UConn. I mean, isn't this done now? You know, I think like that's that's UConn's strength, but at the same time, I think the era we're in is just a little bit different right now. I, I don't know if the whole "I want to win championships" is more important than, like you said, how many Snapchat followers you have. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if, if that's on the same level right now. So you think there's there's a chance. But so yes. you think there's a chance some of these kids are looking at this like, well, if I go to UConn, I'll be lost because they get the same five best players every year. But if I go to this school, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the lead dog. You know what? And I and I I've watched a lot of women's college yeah. basketball, a lot, and this year probably more than ever because I've just been really interested in it. I really wanted to kind of get back into it to see if you know everything that I hear is true. And you know what? 
Yes, we have Brianna Stewart, the best, the best player in the country. Mariah Jefferson, Morgan Tuck, but Coach gets the most out of these yep. players, and it's. I think it's more of a challenge to the to the rest of the country, players, coaches, programs. You got you got to eventually find a way to beat them. So, when does he get bored by this? I mean, I I think this one's huge for him. And, you know, Coach, um, as he's gotten a little bit older and, you know, all these things have come his way, he's gotten, you know, very humble. But he's still the most competitive coach out there. You know, he could talk about, you know, the women's game and all this, but Coach wants to win. And I think getting 11, you know, whether he's a women's coach, a golf coach, that puts him alone. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's Red Arback territory. That puts him alone. And, I mean, whether you whether whether you want to respect it, whether you want to look at it, whether you don't want to watch it, he's on his own right. now. Well, there's two separate things going, right? So if he wins this year, it's four straight, which is ridiculous. And then he's got the 11, too. I'm trying to yeah. think, like, other than UCLA in the men's, I don't think any – I can't – imagine anyone's won four straight yeah. four straights ludicrous i mean and and how competitive was it when you know when ucla won was that really competitive it was basically the same thing it was the same thing with the men and that's why when when uh when houston beat them in the astrodome that year and then a couple years later when bill welton's team lost like it was momentous and maybe that's how this plays out it's right. almost from a jinxing standpoint well, this you is know, bad for UConn that everybody's well, like they're unbeatable. Like I said, well, yeah, and, and it's funny how tricky this Final Four is because, like I said, you have UConn, which you think, obviously you said, is not going to lose. And then you have have never been to the Final Four. This could be an interesting dynamic in a weird way. Right. And you know, as a, as a super competitive athlete, the worst thing that can happen to you as an athlete is everybody just telling you that it's done and you're going to win. You never want to be in that spot. Yeah. Because you got to. No, and, but I, the, the beauty about the program at UConn, they have this bubble where when you put that jersey on, you still feel like an underdog, which is crazy to think about. So who, where the, the girls on this team, where do they rank for you? Like what's your, what's your Mount Rushmore of UConn players during the Geno era? Oh, well, I mean, you'd obviously have to put – Lobo on there because she, Lobo and Rosati kind of got the machine start where they were, you know, two pretty highly recruited players and they got them to number one, won a national championship. So I, I feel like there's that, the, the early group that, that really put them on the map. And then I'll fast forward now where obviously Brianna Stewart, what she's doing, if she can win four in a row, I mean, she's probably in the middle of that. And then I'd have to put, um, Tina Charles and Maya up there. I mean, if I go, to, if I leave anyone off, yeah, it would yeah. be silly. Like, do you not put, you know, you, you talk about Sue, the best point guard to play the last 10 years in women's basketball. Swing Cash. I mean, I can go on. Nakisha Sells, um, Renee Montgomery. Um, so, I mean, you right, can't so just have, me, I guess, one mountain. Let me ask the question differently. Um you, you're on a starting five. You get to pick four other players, and you get to kick everyone else's ass in the history of women's basketball, not just college. Mm -hmm. what, is that, what does that team look like just if you were making it for fun and you're not trying to hurt anyone's feelings? What, would it have to be 
you're talking about any five players. Any five players from the Geno from the Geno era. Any you're putting together a starting okay. five from the Geno era that you just feel like mm-hmm. from a chemistry, from a spacing, from everything that would have just been really phenomenal. All right, I put Sue at the one. Okay. I would uh, would have Tina at the five. I put Maya at the four. I put Nikisha Sells at the three, and then I would put Shea Ralph at the two. Wait, you didn't put yourself on the team. I'll be six man. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> You're such a great teammate. That's awesome. So I've how heard do you, that before. How do you uh, how do you watch this game in Russia? Aren't you like twelve hours ahead? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to bring up those big four uh, letters ESPN. Oh, Bye. you can. That's fine. So you get, you have to get up at like six oh, in the yeah, morning. Okay. Six in the morning. Yeah. All right. Yeah, like the game. The first game will be at three a.m. here, and the second will be at five thirty. So you know, just get up, watch it, and then go back to bed. Do you want to waste time talking about this stupid lower the rims thing or no? Because I think it's stupid. You think it's stupid? Yeah. See, I, I don't mean, know. you know, it's it's funny because it's been brought up so many times. Um, I mean, it's, I've had I had this argument with Coach Rim about four years ago. Sue and I did, and he was he's the one who actually put it on the forefront. He was talking about it in articles and in interviews. He was like, "Are you really talking about this as a valid solution to get more viewership?" Yeah. And, and and you know I've been thinking about it a lot. And in our game, we're we're that's what we're always fighting against, right? We want more media coverage. We want same pay. We want you know the same uh, channel exposure. And then, okay, the three-point line is not the same, correct? Ours is shorter. Yeah. The ball, ours is smaller, correct? Yeah. So the one thing we're equal at is that the rim's 10 feet tall. That is the one thing that we do have equal rights on. I'm not willing to give that up. Well, it's also, all right, let's say my daughter, who's going to be 11 next month, so she's going to go shoot on hoops in her gym, but the hoops are six inches taller than what the hoops that the WNBA players play on. Like that, it's just illogical. I don't get it. I mean, and, and logistically, every single core, every single playground, every single high school. I mean, and, you know, it's, it's funny because I think that would be just put a Band-Aid over whatever, you know, wound we're trying to fix and, and trying to heal. Um, and, and it was that's almost parallel to when they wanted us to play in sports bras and you know in spandex. Right. Like, does, is that going to really fix anything? Uh, a mindset that there is about women's sports out there? No, I don't think that's going to. I don't think that's fixing anything. I think they people just need to be patient with the product because the product has gotten so much better in the last twenty years, and it's going to keep getting better. And you just got you got to think of it like if you watch men's basketball in the 50s and 60s that product all of a sudden started to accelerate and the game got vertical and stuff started happening and i think you can definitely if you yeah. watch if you watch women's college basketball highlights from 30 years ago it's feels like a little bit of a different sport the spacing's all messed up and you know definitely. I, I would give it time have you how much of the warriors were you able to watch this year i, I would feel like they're like your nirvana for basketball right huge and 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 talk about basketball coming full circle. You because when you when you talked about the NBA a little bit ago, not too long ago, what was it about? 
you know, the alley-oop with the Clippers, you know, the power game. And, you know, the, the spectrum of basketball has shifted to the Warriors. Dribble, pass, shoot, movement. You know, once in a while you get that, that fancy high, but everything is kind of, you know, below the rim the way they play. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the stuff. And, and, and that's, that's, really, that's really being appreciated right now. And, you know, that's kind of how we're taught at a very early age how to play the game. In, in, in the women's in the women's game, it's it's very you play for the next person. Where in the men's, you play for you. Yeah, I I always blame really J- that's Jordan's fault. It, I mean, it wasn't anything he did, but he had so much success as as a one on one player. It led to fifteen years of people trying to imitate that. And now I do feel like the worst thing will be good and bad because the good thing is that the people will be emulating the ball movement and just the general movement and some of the ingenuity they have. But I do think, I do think there is going to be a whole generation of kids who just feel like there's no bad shot anymore because Steph Curry can make all these shots. So I'm going to do that too. And I, I'm going to be interested yeah. to see how that plays out. Cause think about this. Well, you know, yeah. Ball, ball movement is a funny thing. Cause you know, ball movement for the Warriors is different than ball movement for the Lakers. Yep. Yeah. Cause if you're moving the ball to Harrison Barnes, Clay Thompson, Seth Curry, that's a whole different ball game than if you're moving the ball to Meta. Right. <laughs> well, so, you know, coaches these days, they, they love their ball movement, but, you know, if there's nowhere for it to move, it's, it's, better, it's better for one guy to have it. Yeah, I've made this point before, but I'm going to make it again. It's, this is not replicable, what's going on with the Warriors, to, to the degree that they have the best shooter of all time and one of the best 10 shooters of all time. So... When you when you have that, it's easy to have awesome ball movement. But at the same time, I do like where this is going. And I never, I always thought like just everybody clear out. Like I can't watch the Rockets. I think James Harden's one of the best ten players in the uh, league. I just can't watch him. I can't watch yeah. him dribble for twelve seconds as everybody stands there. It's everything I'm against as a basketball fan. So um, well, that that just that makes that makes basketball so hard to play. Yeah. Well. It, it it makes it it makes it hard to win games. It makes it hard for your teammates. It makes it really easy for the other team to guard you. Yeah, you know it's just not sustainable. And he's amazing. Like no one can no one can take anything about say anything about James because he's just he's one of the most gifted players in the league hands in the world hands down. Right. It's just that he's turned his team into the movie where he's the star of the movie and everybody else is just like extras like. Last night, we're taping this on a Friday, Dwight Howard last night took four shots. And anyone who's ever played basketball at any level knows that one of the things you have to do if you have a big guy is to make the big guy happy. Because the big guy is going to block shots and rebound, but you have to feed him. You have to throw him some breadcrumbs every once in a while. you know. And if, if he's going to take four shots... Him, and, yeah, you just have to. you gotta take, you got to rub his belly every once in a while. And... And yeah. to only have him take four shots in a game, that is not a lot of belly rubbing, and he's not going to try as hard. And so it's just funny to watch a team like that and then see a team like the Warriors that there's such a selflessness with what they have going on. It's it's. I'll be interested well, to see if they I, can I sustain think, it. I think he just – yeah, I think it's what you just said. The Warriors have a willingness to play together. Yeah. And you can't you, – you can't – like you can't emulate that with just – any five players. 
Do you ever... No matter if they're all great shooters, great passers, there has to be a willingness to make the next pass. There has to be a willingness to, you know what, I'm going to turn down this offensive rebound and kick it out to Seth. Like, that is a willingness to do. And I don't know if there's enough of that in basketball, a willingness to do it for someone else. Yeah, it helps when your best player is selfless, which is one of the reasons why you've had so much success. Wait, do you ever have the urge to just slap down the women's college basketball best player ever card and just call the Warriors, like when when you're in town and just play? <laughs> Can I just play with you guys for two hours? Like you could probably do that. Would you ever do that? No, I'm good. You know, I, I I'm just I'm good where I am. I don't have to. I feel like that's just having to prove something that. To me, I don't need to be. I don't need to prove it to myself. I'm good. I've played with a lot of great players, and I, I don't need that. I'm not even. I don't saying, need that for a spectacle. I don't need that. I'm good. I'm not even saying it from a proving standpoint. I'm just saying it as somebody who genuinely loves basketball. Just out of a curiosity standpoint, would it be fun for you to play yeah. with them for 90 minutes? I mean, yeah. It would be. It would. It would actually this summer, which I took off. Uh, I would work out in the same gym as Draymond, and we played a little five-on-five scrimmage. And, you know, it it was fun to be out there with those guys because, you know, there's this passion that they love basketball. Yeah. And, you know, Russ was out there. um, Ray McCullum was out there. So, I mean, I I got to get a little bit of that this summer, which was fun. Wait a second. Draymond's on the court, Westbrook's on the court, and you're on the court? Yeah, this summer. Oh, yeah. So so what kind of – I mean, that's like your dream scenario. Like, those are two of the biggest trash talker, chest thumper. I, I mean, didn't you? You must have gone at them a little bit, right? No, I. Draymond and I talk a lot of shit. <laughs> sure. Draymond's kind sure. of. There was there was a little there was a little five nine guy, and obviously I was the one guarding the little five nine white guy. And Draymond was just like, "Go at her, go at her." And I'm like, "This freaking guy." And I was, you know, I would give it back. And then Russ, Russ is unbelievable. Yeah, well, he's he's possessed. Russ, he's a crazy person. He's he goes Russ all out all, all times. He can't he can't not go fifth gear at every moment of every game. He just has to. And 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 this is what people don't see. Every summer he'd get to that gym at eight thirty and he played like it was game six. Yeah. Well, I think Draymond and Westbrook, probably a hybrid of them is kind of what how you're wired too. So I'm sure you I'm sure you have fun playing with those guys. Draymond especially. Yeah. Well well, it, it's it's funny when you play basketball for a long time, there's there's guys that have have it and there's guys that don't. There's guys that walk into the gym and they might as well be going to a funeral. Yeah. And you know. And then there's guys that love it and want to be in the gym and, and, and want to engage. And those guys, those guys, they don't have to be the best basketball player. That's the thing. Right. Well, you know what's funny? So it feels like NBA teams are starting to figure this out a little bit finally. That that competitive engine is one of the biggest parts of success if you're a basketball prospect and we're seeing it now with Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is the most talented guy in this draft and people are concerned that he's not competitive enough and it's the first time I can remember in a draft somebody might actually fall a spot or two spots because people are worried about that what you just talked about does he love basketball I mean 
I don't I don't understand how it fell so down the list. I I don't either. But this was your I mean Draymond but, went 37th. The guy was the guy had a great college career and really the only red flags with him were he was heavier in college, which we should have right. learned by now that it's easy to get in shape when you're a professional athlete and it's your job. And, and then and, he was an inch too you, short. It's, it's easy. It's and and it's easy to get ten pounds in college. Real easy. Yeah, I mean Abby Wambach's I a mean, great example, right? She was fifteen pounds heavier in college because she was in college, and she, you're eating bad food, and you're. No, I weighed one hundred and eighty-five pounds in college. I weigh one hundred and fifty-five right now. What? I weighed one hundred and eighty-five pounds in college. Oh my god. Yeah, I was a middle linebacker. Straight up. It makes sense. I the two things I would always look at with if people were falling like a weight thing, like oh yeah, of course they're in college. Um, but the competitive thing. So Ben Simmons, because he might end up on your favorite team. I know. We need him. I want Ben. Okay, good. So you're not worried about his competitiveness because he was in a bad situation. No, no, no. Okay, good. I'm I not. Mean, I'm not worried either. That that that's a kid who should have spent. His first year as a Laker or a, a Sixer or whatever this year. Like, there's no reason why that kid should have went to college. Like, right. it's a joke. That was just silly. And I feel bad that he got put in a position where now he looks bad for somewhere he should have never been. Right. Bad coach. Like, not a that, great sporting cast. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, and, and then then they threw him out to the Wolves and they made themselves look good because that's, that's what the NCAA does, right? Yeah, I mean, he was in college for a whopping six months and dropped out immediately after I mean, they got knocked out. I don't know what kind of system that is. You graduated, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I graduated. I actually, so after my four years, I had to go back and finish a couple classes. So I took a, the next semester, I went back to school and knocked that out. But if you were, if you were the male version of you after freshman year, and you know you're going to be one of the top two picks, and you're going to make money, and you're going to get a seventy million dollars shoe deal. What do you do? Well, I'm out of there. I mean, that's not even a question. <laughs> like what people forget is, <laughs> this is a. I mean, you can talk about college going. Yeah, you go to get an education, you go to grow up. But I mean, once once you're there, that was at the age of sixteen. I felt like it was my profession. Yeah, and you still love it. Like, how, I, how, how have you stayed so healthy? Well, I mean, I've 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 been really lucky because I haven't had one major surgery or injury since not ever in my life. So that, I've been really lucky, and you know, little by little, I've kind of understood that you know what I eat, the weight room, you know, yeah. all the stuff that you do before you get on the court, all that is so important, especially when you get to be thirty three. Those are the things that keep you going. Right. Well, then you look at guys like guys in the NBA, like uh, like Dirk. Dirk's in year 18. He's still carried Dallas to a playoff seed. He's has played over 50,000 minutes. Dirk really is amazing. Yeah. Dirk's amazing. Uh, you you kind of take for granted how good he was because, he, he, you know, he played in the air with so many one-dominant teams and, yeah. and players. But, damn, he's really good. And he still is. Um. All right. This is a question you probably won't answer because you're a Laker fan and I don't want to put you in an awkward spot. But would you ever yeah. – would you ever – put yourself through a season like the season Kobe just had or would you try to walk away a year earlier? 
I don't know if I can go through what Kobe's gone through. I know, and and he's done a. I think he's been amazing, and I think he's he. I, I don't think he could have done it any better by going through it because he's been pretty amazing when he's played. He's played pretty well, actually. Yeah. When he's been on the court, he still looks like oh man. If he wanted to, you know, he can he can go another year. But what they've done is is almost a shame to every Laker fan. Elaborate. Well, I mean, I take a team like the Blazers that lost, you know, four starters. They're pretty competitive right now. Yeah. You take a team like Utah who, you know, you would say is rebuilding, but at least you can see some sort of foundation where they're going with their young players. I don't know where we're going. I don't know I don't know what where we're going with it. It seems like there's so many people with an interest on which way to take the Lakers that it doesn't seem like there's one road for everyone. And that's a shame because that's, I feel like, what they've always been really good at. So I'm guessing you wouldn't play Meta World Peace 28 minutes a game? That wouldn't be on your agenda? Meta's one of my all-time favorite Lakers. Like, he's, he's like the dude you want on your team. Right. Seven years ago. Not anymore, though. Like, <laughs> not anymore. He broke my heart. He made that three with a minute left in game seven. I wanted him to take it. Take that shot. And then he, he made it. it. Yeah, he made it. He took it. It was he made sh- it. I was waiting. Kobe to- didn't want him to take it either, though. No. I wanted, Co- I wanted Kobe to—I wanted either of them to shoot it. I would have been happy, and then Meta made it. So, <laughs> all right, the Snapchat thing. So, Russell does this. Uh, I don't understand all of the details, um, but it was, it was a locker room teammate betrayal. All right, let's say that happens on oh, your—let's yeah. say that happens on your team. Could you play with that person? Yeah. Oh, I mean, isn't this just indicative of the era we live, like where everything's getting videoed and photographed and passed yeah. through phones and Snapchatted? Like, you know, to me, this is this is a moment that should have stayed in that moment, you know? Yeah. So, and, you know, he might have made a mistake. I don't, I don't personally know the details. I don't know how it got out. I don't know how, you know, if he sent it to a friend in the, in the friend letter. I, I really don't know, but... You know, it's not as much as a bro code, but it's a teammate code. When, you know, teammates are talking, whether it's in the locker room, on the bus, all that stuff, it kind of st- it doesn't get repeated. It stays in-house. It's almost yeah. like it's an understanding. Like I'm sure there is in any office building, in any Best Buy. Like, you know, you talk with your coworkers, your teammates, and that kind of just dies there. Yeah. What was the... What but, I mean, you don't got to crucify the kid either. Yeah, I, I, I actually felt bad for him because he's only 20, you know, and, and who doesn't make I mean, mistakes when they're 19 and 20? This one seemed, I think like, I think people felt this might have been malicious, which was a different kind of mistake. I don't think, I don't, I personally don't agree. I think he's just stupid, you know. Well, I, I think he's 19, and when you're yeah. 19, if, if, if the thing's, I did when I was 19 were on video. Right. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have me on this podcast right now. Yeah. I think we've all been there. So what was the yeah, worst? So, what was the worst thing that's happened? You don't have to name names, but what, did you ever play on a team where something happened behind the scenes that threatened the actual fabric of the team? You know, I've been I've been on you know I, I feel like a lot of dysfunctional teams. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you the truth, 
where the dynamic of personalities just don't mesh, and you know you have this bickering behind closed doors, you have this bickering behind each other's back. Um, but I've always been able to, the minute I cross the court, to cut all that out. But you know what? It always puts a strain on the team. Yeah. Because that fluidness of, of that commodity, it's, just, it's not there. And you can tell with the Lakers, even though, you know, they're irrelevant right now. I mean, the kid's making plays and no one's acknowledging him. Like, you know. That's not well, – so what would you do if you were on this team? Let's say you were – let's say you were you. You're just um, – you're still an all-star. You're on the team. This kid's taking a ton of shit. Um, yeah. how, would you, how would you handle it? Well, I, I think Kobe said it best. We're like, only time is going to make it better. Yeah. I mean, really, it sounds corny, but that's all you can do. You apologize. If there's one thing that I've learned is when you make a mistake, you stand up and you take it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's one thing. It, it's like, how much how much stuff is being covered up? Oh, my God, what are these guys doing? <laughs> so, like, oh, I mean. All right, rank these, rank these events in the order of uh, probability of them happening. UConn National Championship, 2016 USA Women's Basketball Olympic Gold Medal. Phoenix WNBA title, and that's it. That's all I have, those three. I mean, I, li- I like my chances on all three. Really? So you went three-team parlay? You went parlay all three yeah. of those? Can we do that? <laughs> yeah. The four gold medals yeah. is pretty— and, and, I'll, and I'll, throw, and I'll throw, uh, throw in Nate Diaz in there, too. He's going to get another win. Okay. Four-team parlay. Throw him in there too. Four gold medals is pretty amazing. And Misha Tate. And throw Misha Tate in there too. Throw Misha Tate in there too. I like her. All right. The comeback kid. I Wait. like her. So you're MMA now too, huh? I mean, I just, it's growing up, my dad and I, we, every Friday night, every Friday night on Prime Ticket, we'd watch Fights at the Forum yeah. every Friday night. Loved it. There's something just so raw about two people just, getting in a ring and, and fighting. I mean, I'd really like it. I need you to get out of Russia and come back to America so you can do more stuff with us. Because I always enjoy I'm talking there. to you. Yeah, but you're in Phoenix. Can't we get you traded to the Sparks? Can't you just live in L.A.? No, no, no. Why? No, 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 no. That's, you're, talking, you're talking about those two teams don't get along. I don't care. You're a Laker fan. The Lakers and the Sparks, they're like bro- brother and sister, and you're not, and yet you're not in the family. And It's like you're spitting on the Lakers when you play on Phoenix. I know. I know. I know. I don't understand Well, it's it. funny. The first game I – the first Suns game I ever went to, Cedric Sabalos comes up to me, and he's, he's emceeing the, the Suns game. He's like, who's your favorite team? The Lakers. And I look up, and I have 20,000 people just booing the shit out of me in Phoenix. I'm like, <laughs> I, need to, I need to change my tune. <laughs> Doesn't Magic Johnson own the L.A. Sparks? Yeah, he's part owner. So, you, so you don't love Magic Johnson? I don't understand. He's my favorite Laker. So he's why my, why I, would I he want to play for his team? I don't understand. Why are you doing this? I mean, I don't. I, I personally don't have a choice in it. If, if you read if you read our free agency contracts, there's not much movement in the WNBA. Yeah, it's a, it's not really a ten day <laughs> event like it is in the NBA. 
with with Chad. You're kind of you're kind of drafted with a core tag on you. Yeah. Well, so at least you'll be here. All right. Well, when you come back, I definitely you're definitely coming on my HBO show. We'll have to come up with some sort of we're in some sort of something. Can we and bring then, Bill Maher in too? Sure. You can do it. We can do whatever you want. Yeah. We'll figure out something. So when do you get back to the states? So I should be back around May fifth. Okay. Hopefully we. We take care of business in, in the finals. All right, good luck. And you're going to watch NBA playoffs, all right? right? So you'll be able to come on and talk oh, NBA playoffs sure. and stuff? For sure, for sure. Awesome. All right, good luck in we the could, playoffs. We could talk about, we could talk about, uh, talk about how the Warriors are just killing the, uh, men's basketball, correct? Yeah, yeah, we could do that. We could do, we could do yeah. whatever you want. Because, I mean, the league, the league, yeah, the league has pretty much said they're going to win a championship. That's true. Right? Yeah, nobody's interested anymore. Yeah, but the difference is the no. Warriors have a team in their conference that might go undefeated at home and win seventy games. So I guess that would be the one. That's wrinkle. pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. They're that's the best second amazing. team ever. All right, good luck in the playoffs. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my man. Take care. All right, bye. Before we keep going, building a website can be daunting. Creating something that looks good and works well as a time-consuming affair, whether it's a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else. In this day and age. You probably need your own website anyway. Where else are you going to put your selfie pictures? Well, that's why our buddies at Squarespace build gorgeous websites for normal people who don't know how to build websites. My friend Louis K launched his own PR branding business, CovertCreative.com. He used Squarespace. Louis is a bigger technology dummy than I am. Uh, Joe House, the star of the smash hit golf podcast, Shack House. He's a Squarespace guy. Um... As you'll tell, he doesn't know what he's doing with websites either, but his is half decent. It could be better if you tried harder at it. Uh, but if you try hard, Squarespace makes it easy, regardless of skill level. No coding needed, easy-to-use tools, state-of-the-art technology. You get 24-7 online support and a beautiful website for only $8 a month. You even get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. So why wait? Start your trial. No credit card required. Go to squarespace.com. Use the offer code BS for 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace.com. All right, I'm here with Chris Ryan and Julia Libman from The Ringer. Big week in the Sources Say community. One of our biggest weeks ever. I would say the biggest. <laughs> it's there's a, really a lot to cover. This is incredible. It was the, it was I've been waiting for the gigantic social media controversy that could actually like affect the landscape of a team. And it finally happened with the Los Angeles Lakers. And I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do either. I mean, it sounds like some players on the team have said that D'Angelo Russell addressed the entire team and that he looked at us like men and we're, we appreciate his... I mean, this is just Sorry. also ridiculous, but he they, they appreciated like him standing up for it. But then there's also stuff about how he hasn't actually directly apologized to Nick Young yet. It's crazy. D'Angelo Russell's 20 years old. Like, Nick Young is over 30. Like, this is so ridiculous. I feel like we've lost, like, our moorings here on what's going on. Like, this is crazy. Okay, so I guess, like, the biggest the biggest unspoken rule is no snitching in the NBA. Sure. So D'Angelo Russell broke that unspoken rule. But again, like, Nick Young is the one who's cheating. Like, I, I don't understand. He's the victim. He's the victim. <laughs> It's so crazy. Like, are the Lakers going to trade D'Angelo Russell, the future of their franchise? They're over not going to trade him. They're not going to trade him. I think D'Angelo it's possible Russell. they trade him. To who? 
for what? I think teams would trade for him. He you, was the second pick in the draft. Well, let me tell you, he's very good. Marcus yeah. Morris has come out today and said he's never speaking to D'Angelo well, Russell cross again. Cross them so up. Stan Van Gundy, <laughs> put away your trade package. Yeah. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell's lucky he doesn't have to deal with Marcus you can, Morris. You can maybe get something for Jarebko, but that's about it. I think uh, there's a second part of this, though, is like if you're a free agent, if like he's really poisoned, maybe it affects their chances to get free agents. As a Celtics fan, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> or maybe like Ben Simmons is like, uh, the Lakers. I don't know. Russell's on that team. He's ben Simmons is from Australia. Me. He's just like, oh, right, mate. Oh. Are we snitching? <laughs> like, yeah. Couldn't use the Snapchat, eh, mate? <laughs> <laughs> With Snapchat, right? Yeah, yeah Snapchat. Snapchat. I, my dad and I were talking about it today. And my dad was like, I, don't I wouldn't go there if I was a free agent. This is my dad's, my 68-year-old dad's Your thing. dad. Your yeah. dad's like, I'm done, like your dad and like Marcus stitches. Morris are done with D'Angelo Russell. Done. <laughs> well, but there's a whole subplot here. Was There was a lot of bad buzz about him this whole season. Yeah. That yes. he was a rude guy. He was rude to reporters. That he was a head case. All this stuff. And, and I think that's feeding into this. This wasn't like this isolated incident. I think they were a little worried about um, his day-to-day whatever his his priorities weren't maybe in order and it's not like the Lakers I just don't think he was a great teammate but you know what's weird is that he's sometimes when you see guys who who obviously have some maturity issues that manifest itself on the court or you can tell that they're not very focused but at his best this season you were like this guy's gonna be an all-star point guard for 10 years this is incredible he already was doing like the Chris Paul butt stuff where he would like stop at the free throw line and stick his butt out and kind of make people ride around him and then find a guy or take a jumper. It was like, he was really reading the game really well. I thought, and I loved watching him play. It's kind of sucks. I mean, I, 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 you were hoping that they could, if you were a Lakers fan, that they would end the season sort of on a high with him and Randall. So let's say Philly gets the third pick. Mm -hmm. You drop down to two teams, jump you. Okay. And the Lakers say, we'll trade you Russell right now for the third pick. Would you do it? I would do it in a heartbeat. Would you do it if it was the second pick? No. You wouldn't. You'd rather have Ingram or Simmons yeah. than Russell. Yeah. My thing with Russell is this is the last time he'll ever uh, do a Snapchat snitch on his teammate. It's like almost like a plane crash. Like there's never a second plane <laughs> yeah, he, crash. He, he, yeah. he was sort of getting really – he was starting to feel himself in the weeks leading up to this. And you could see like there was that one game where he was like running out of celebrations on the court. Yeah, he yeah. Doing the ice and then in his veins. He hit a three the other night when he was getting booed. And he hit a three and just like the crowd actually like finally started cheering for him. And he just like walked up the court like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. It's one year for you. It was sad. <laughs> it was shot. a sad yeah. game. He's it like 20 years sad. old. He's... I'm on his side. I think this is crazy. I mean, first of all, he should take Snapchat off his phone. Like just full stop. Like that's just got to go from his life. Yeah. And again, like he's 20. Like I don't know. This is like kind of insane. Like I understand the unspoken rule. But like, I don't know. The kids make this mistake all the time. He's a kid. Well, and that's to me, that's the bigger story here is that it just feels like there's more ways for all athletes to get in trouble now, especially that generation. Like he's closer to my daughter's age than he is to Nick Young's age. And when you think about (laughs) all the different ways things can go wrong for people online with the social media apps, with getting catfished, with just being bullied, all these different things. And it really hasn't trickled into the the professional leagues yet. And now it feels like this is the tipping point. If you go past the fifth or sixth Google result for this story, too, you'll see that there are some other elements, like, kind of being rumored to have happened. Like, whether it was, like... Like how did that thing get off of his phone? Right, and who and who? Or like who, somebody hacked it? Well, or just 
leaked it. Yeah, or, like I, I was gonna say that. Like yeah. this isn't the first time like a player's been caught cheating and like someone's like put up a picture or whatever. And it, you have to wonder like if he could have been shielded from this a little bit more by the Lakers or like by like his PR people or something because it really it kind of it had a long life. Like the video first went up on a Saturday or first leaked on a Saturday and didn't really blow up until Tuesday. So I thought it was up like a full. It was like a Wednesday I think there or was Thursday some, before. I, nobody, I don't think people understood who did it. Yeah. And then it, it became clear that it was D'Angelo. So and is it possible he forwarded the videos to somebody? And or then, somebody took it off his phone. Yeah. Or somebody just lifted the iCloud. Yeah. Or someone's like, I'm going to screw you over or something. Like You could go like deep conspiracy because it's a three-month-old video. And you can't upload video to Snapchat. You have to do it directly, but then you can save it. So it was like a video that was saved on his phone from yeah. a while ago. And right, so, well, let's go backwards. So this is a Snapchat Right, that he's putting up on his private feed, and it lasts for 24 hours. So at some point, somebody saw it and either lifted it from there or just videotaped it and got it that way, right? Right, or maybe he had saved it and texted it to someone, and then that person had like dis- disseminated it, or maybe or somebody like sent it to them, like saw it on his phone and sent it to themselves and released it when they were upset at him or something. It doesn't, you know, there could be a hundred different things that could have happened. I still don't understand the motivation. Uh, it makes him look terrible. Well, I just don't get it. I don't. I I always try to put myself in the place of the person who screwed up, and I just don't get it. Like, so is he? He was taping him. Apparently, because... he likes pranks. Apparently, like this team likes to prank each other. Apparently, like there's like a. It's just been a goofball team. So he's gonna tape it and then later be like, "Hey man, I got you yeah, on and video." Yeah, I think at the end of the video, doesn't he say like something like, "And thanks for telling me all that on video." And Nick yeah. Young's like, "What?" And I so I think it, it like he was asking Nick Young questions so it's while a funny holding prank. his phone, and he's actually taping Nick Young. But he's not. It's a taping. hilarious prank. It's so a prank. Funny. And Stanley Johnson on the Pistons, a lot of Pistons weighing in, uh, mm. said like you know he's known D'Angelo for his whole life, and he really like he's not a bad guy, and he's not a, mal- a malicious guy at all. He just he just really likes to screw around a lot. Yeah, I don't. I didn't feel like if like if this was malicious. Then that dude's a dark guy. Yeah. This is just dark. Well, I don't also, feel like just, it was malicious. And you can even still have, like, the critique can be made that, you know, you, your starting point guard should not be a guy whose one of his main hobbies is screwing around and pranking people. <laughs> I mean, it, I know George yeah. Clooney likes to do that, but he also <laughs> takes care of a lot of other stuff. It's just you want to make sure that the, all the boxes are checked. Like I go the other way. I think these guys have way too much spare time. <laughs> oh, you want... <laughs> I'm going the other way. Punked, like. No, I just think they have. I think this is why they're always online. I think they read every reply to their Twitter feed. I think they watch every TV show and every movie. And I think they they because if you're if you're a basketball player, it's not like you can walk around the Grove for four hours. Like you're stuck. Yeah. And you you fly from you finish a game and you're on a charter and you fly to the next location. You land and you go to your hotel suite for eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen hours at a time. Right. So you end up like going into your Nick Young's room and you're like, I'm bored. I'm going to start videotaping. Right. I've been messing with them. Right. I think that's what happens. Tate, you know James Michael McAdoo. <laughs> Tate has a window into the wor- world of – like the Warriors this week, they pranked Festus Azili, which was actually, I thought, mean. Really mean. I have a lot of takes on that video. I have like yeah. a, a lot I'd like to just discuss. just flat out me. It was like branded content for Lyft. Watch this as Festus Azalea thinks his career is over. It was, it was terrible. I also, like, why not set, Why not text him that he has cancer? Like, why not go the whole way? Festus, you have leukemia. It's just awful. Yeah, you have no job. Your job's I, over. Yeah. 
He's just, and then all the weirdos like, ah, they're all texting him. And they had like 10, 11, 12 guys texting him. Hey, man, I just heard. It's like, this is a concerted effort <laughs> to prank a backup center by a team trying to win injured, 74 right? games. He's yeah. injured. Also, Iguodala is like trying to like get away from, from Azealia at the end so he doesn't get a cake in his face. And I was like, this guy's injured. What's he running around yeah. for? Yeah, right. <laughs> this team's trying to win 74 games. But that brings me back to my point, which is that I think these guys just have a ton of spare time. Yeah. I think some of them are listening to this podcast right now. Do you think that this whole – I mean, this is bad, and I know that it breaks like a real American code in the in NBA locker rooms and professional sports locker rooms in general just to kind of not only not probably rat out a guy who might be having an extramarital or extracurricular affair, but also just in general like things are supposed to be handled within the team in general. Yeah. And that's – a couple of people have weighed out of this. But speaking of weighing in, we have definitely reached maximum weigh-in. Like – I I feel like people who have no relationship to the NBA, to Snapchat, to D'Angelo Russell, to basketball, like it's like Jeff Saturday. What do you think about this whole D'Angelo Russell? <laughs> right, and Saturday's like, well, brother, we would have handled that myself. I, like, and I don't. Yeah. That's not, he doesn't talk like Randy Savage, but it does seem like it does seem like <laughs> well, we were. Brother. Like, it's like we're gonna ask Bernie Sanders, like Bernie, what do you think about D'Angelo Russell's Snapchat controversy? I know you're in the Bronx right yeah. now, but in California, there's a big story. Yeah happening well this is catnip for espn i mean they just drag out every former player they have for their take also big big month with other nba stuff Mm -hmm. the Kyrie thing we're not going to talk about too too dark right how are you but can i ask you how you're feeling about like just lebron this month and because he's secretly not secretly but he's been incredible on the floor but where where are you at with like the way he's been handling these last couple of months in cleveland i think he's kind of lost his mind a little bit (laughs) like imagine we're launching the site yeah the ringer uh but if i was just subtweeting you guys (laughs) and just doing weird shit like lebron does people in that ringer office need to learn a little thing about leadership yeah just i just put that out to the world Everybody's like, what's he talking about? If you need a computer, maybe you shouldn't be making a website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you like started tweeting about how much you miss your Jimmy Kimmel Live yeah. colleagues. Like just trying yeah. yeah. Sal was such a better coworker. <laughs> Sal is so much more fun than Chris Ryan. <laughs> or I'm just like hanging out with uh Showtime people. Yeah. <laughs> like Cotman and Levine Billions, great show. Yeah. <laughs> like I just think he's a weirdo. Who does this stuff? Like if I played for Cleveland and we haven't even come close to being the favorite for the title and we've had these up and downs and we've changed our coach and then LeBron's in Miami working out with Wade, which I think he totally has the right to do. I just wouldn't Instagram it. Right. Yeah. Keep it private. Very strange move by him. And then everybody's like, oh, we are making too much of LeBron's social media. It's like, are we? This is part of following basketball now. We we follow these guys' behaviors, and these guys are on stage twenty four seven. He's 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 a brand. He's he's basically a corporation unto himself. If he does stuff, that's going to affect stock prices of his corporation. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. Warren if Warren Buffett started subtweeting people, like we would probably like that would probably affect the price of Berkshire Hathaway. You know, well, it would help if it seemed like Ty Law knew what he was doing. Ty yeah. Lu. Ty Lu, Ty Law, Ty Law. Yeah, it also turned into my dad. Uh, it also <laughs> helped if Iman Shumpert wasn't throwing his towel on his coach. Yeah, but and like LeBron interjecting as as the coach kind of sets the tone for that kind of disrespect. I do think you're onto something. Maybe we should make Ty Lawson coach of the Cavs. Ty Law, oh. <laughs> he's already in the Midwest. Yeah, he might be injured. 
Ty Lawson, I mean, there's so many other storylines that have gotten lost because the major storylines have just overshadowed everything. Ty Lawson, one of the all-time falls I can ever remember. He's 28. He's going to be out of the league. Like, he, three years ago, he was the best player on a 58-win team. I know. You know? And he was one of the fastest guys in the league and the type of guy you'd want in the current NBA. And now he's like a backup in Indiana. And Do they have him for next year? No, he's a free agent. Free agent. It's just rough. But they, but it's not even a top 50 storyline. Do you think you he'll know? get uh, re-signed or go to China or something? I don't know. This was a bad year. The one thing we've learned with NBA players is when it goes like this, whether it's Marbury, Francis, whoever, it doesn't come back. Right, you don't get your fastball back. You don't get your fat. You don't go from 96 miles an hour to 86, and then just all of a sudden you're back at 96 again. Right. So I think it's probably there, – there are so many weird team situations, like the Indiana thing. They're falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That coach is in trouble, I think, if they don't make Vogel? the playoffs. Yeah, I do. I think he's I, – I think – I don't think that's a bad team. Like, I, I don't think they should be losing I think losing he's done more with less, though, than anybody could have expected. I mean, even though he got Paul George back. He's a top-10 player. Yeah, but they have they, good they, players in that team. Yeah, he's got Miles Turner. In a shitty conference. It's also not the first time he's like lost control of that team. It's like the third year in a row that he's kind of been on the hot seat of. Well, he's terrible. I like Fogo. I just I think every year there's two or three shockers where there's like, oh wow, they fired I mean, Frank Vogel gets of. fired. Like I, if I was the Wizards, I'd I'd hire him the next day if you're not hiring Tibbs. The uh, they are similar coaches, similar philosophies. I wouldn't be shocked if Whitman came back. I wouldn't be shocked if. Uh, if um, there's no way Whitman can come back, I wouldn't be shocked. His new look is really working for him. The, I feel the glasses. Like, I feel like his glasses. He's changed his haircut a little bit. <laughs> I feel like he's like playing the part of a head coach better than ever, but maybe the, coaching worse than ever. The Bradley Beal thing thing is great for him because Bradley Beal gets hurt every year, but for some reason the Wizards fans are so. Oh, did well, you, Beal's hurt again? Bradley Beal called out the team. He was like, "We're not hungry enough," and he was just yeah. like, "You know, we yell at the coach, we yell at each other, but we're not hungry enough." And some a DC sports blog put up a Twitter poll that was like, "Was Bradley Beal right to call out the Wizards?" And Marcin yeah. Gortat just tweeted, "No." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Can you imagine trying to tell Gortat anything? Oh my god, he's he's the best. He's That's one of incredible. My favorites. I love it. What do you it. think? Of, can I ask you one more? I wanted to know what you thought about uh, the, this end of the Bulls season. It's got to be one of the most like just depressing, malaise filled uh, end of the end of end and runs for a season and it just seems like this is a team that had they brought in Hoiberg and they were like we're going to fix the offense and we're going to we're going to challenge Cleveland and now they're they're yeah. fingernails on the playoffs. Well, that's what I was saying with there's so many I'm looking up the standings to make sure we remember to go through all the teams that are like just a mess. Yeah. There's so many teams that are a mess and all of them are getting a pass because of this Warriors streak and San Antonio's homeless uh undefeated at yeah. home and Cleveland all the drama with them and then you go through it's like Indiana's a mess Chicago's a mess Washington's a mess Houston's a mess Milwaukee's Houston's a, mess. a mess like I feel uh, like Milwaukee gets a pass they made the playoffs last Sacramento. year Sacramento they, they should have gotten better Sacramento yeah. yeah in Sacramento Sacramento incredible moment of Boogie and Rondo getting techs, one tech each for both sarcastically clapping oh, at the ref. That was incredible. So good. They need a new name for that. They call, called it a double tech, but that's not what a double tech is. It's like pairs figure yeah, skating it's for like, techs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a pas de deux of yeah. techs. I think George Carl could be back. 
<laughs> I really do. I think it's gonna be a staring contest, and he's not gonna quit, and they're not, and they're gonna be like, screw it, as a way to. I don't know. I'm prepared for anything with that team. They brought back Vlade, but then they hired David Moraway. So it would just be like if I hired a second editor in chief with Sean. <laughs> hey, Sean, good news. There's another editor in chief. Like what? That's also like. Philly, like, when is Sam Hankey gonna like be formally out? They had Sam Hankey doing right? like viral videos wearing a hard hat. Now, like, they've, it, they've oh yeah, it's bad. So there, so Philly's a mess. New Orleans is a mess. Phoenix is a mess. The Lakers are a mess. Just nine teams yeah, that are just outright messes, and the Bulls, which I forgot to mention, and the Bulls are actually. Oh no, I did mention them. What but about yeah. the Knicks too? They were like the Knicks are. Early. I didn't even count them. <laughs> they're just grandfathered into yeah. any mess conversation. People were so excited about them at the beginning of the season, and now they're just like back to where they were before. And, uh, Rambus is amazing. I actually try to go over. If I'm home, I always try to go over for them for the last two minutes to watch. <laughs> he he had a classic. I don't know. I forget what game it was, but he wasn't calling a timeout as this lead was slipping away. And then finally, Carmelo had the ball, and they all – they all just moved over to the other side of the court like they always do, and Carmelo was going to go ISO. And Rambus called the timeout. Come out of the timeout, and they set up the same exact ISO <laughs> play for Carmelo. It's like, Kurt Rambus is just quitting in life. I don't, you know what I don't understand? This come up a couple of times recently, and it happened with Rambus and Aaron Aflalo last this week. It was in Herring was writing about this mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. the journal. Was uh, the the whole like I talked to Aaron about this and he's cool with it and Aaron just a fly will be like we did not have that conversation yeah like how can you just straight up like either how can you lie about having a, co- a conversation with somebody I guess sometimes there's like you know I talked to the group about this or whatever but like I love it when just a guy's like yeah it. I've addressed this with him and he's cool with it and the guy's just like I did not talk to my coach about this well there's the, the way the playoffs unfold there's gonna be some big chess pieces available this summer I th- I would say more than maybe ever before. Kevin Love. Oh, yeah. Possibly Kyrie. Possibly. Throwing it out there. Sources say he uh, is not happy. Sources say. Butler uh, or Rose? Whiteside's going to switch teams. Butler and or Rose. Do you think Butler's available? Oh, absolutely. I think the Celtics had a, a real chance of getting him in wow. February. I think that was a real thing. Uh, Carmelo, maybe. Brooke Lopez? Hmm. If you're Brooklyn, why do you want Brook Lopez? Yeah. Like Brook Lopez has probably been one of the best 16 players in the league this year. He's just being wasted on this team. Uh, probably anybody but Giannis on the Bucks. Durant might switch teams. It's in play. I would put the percentages at low, but no. Yeah, Jabari might be available. Um, he's anyone on Memphis? Jabari? Yeah. Well, he's he had the ACL though. Yeah, I always Tate. Don't you think got to wait a year and a half on the ACL? Drinking too many Gatorades. Yeah, too many Gatorades. <laughs> Tate just said he was drinking too many Gatorades. Tate is just resentful that he got his Gatorade commercial while he was injured. He was like a Duke rookie player, does not deserve a Gatorade commercial. Tate hates all Duke. Harden and Howard. Mm. I think both have to be in the mix. Um, Everyone at Sacramento. What about if Clippers go out first round or something? I think all those guys, it's not inconceivable. And then uh, D'Angelo Russell. And then Brandon Knight, too, because Phoenix, there's some good league pass end of the season teams yeah. that I've enjoyed. Like Minnesota's been a phenomenal league pass. I tweeted uh, a couple of days ago, they're starting to feel a little bit 2009 Thundery. Like just, yeah, just the tag, the Towns, Wiggins, Levine, like it's just starting to feel like Rubio's something's been playing better. Yeah, something's happening. They have an awful coach. But, um, but the Phoenix thing, 
Devin Booker's great. Yeah. He's really and fine. And Brandon Knight's like, no, but it's my team. And he just, <laughs> they, sometimes they just have to take him out so Devin Booker can have the ball. Devin Booker's awesome. I've also really been enjoying uh, Denver and Orlando yeah. down the stretch. Yeah. Just, I mean, my, my Orlando, it's my nightly Aaron Gordon alley-oop fix. Yeah. And then Denver, I've actually really enjoyed watching Moutier. Yeah, I don't know what he is yet. I can't. It, it reminds me of uh, Ty, young Tyreek. Yeah. Which ne- which I never always <laughs> felt was a good stats bad it's not team a great guy. Comp, yeah. Yeah, but he, Tyreek was a you know putting up twenty five and five his rookie rookie year. Oh, basically anybody also available would be anybody on the Wizards. Oh God. Except for John Wall, you assume. Yeah. What if what if John Wall says like this place is a mess? I'd rather play somewhere else. I feel I personally. I don't know what's going to happen. Anyone who says they know what's going to happen is lying. I do feel like Wall and Boogie are going to end up on the same team, and I, I can't hope figure so. out how. Did you see Boogie hugging his mom the other night? It was like, the yeah. cutest thing that's happened all week. I love <laughs> it so much. It was adorable. So if you're the Wiz, let's say you get like the ninth pick, and you just trade, you do basically the Chris Webber trade. You trade three unprotected first round picks and Gortat for Boogie or something like that. You just, so you can't, you don't put Beal in there. I don't think Beal has trade value at this point. He can't stay on the floor. Yeah. Maybe he's in there though. He's a frail star. But I think you, I think you go, you go all in and, on Wall and Boogie, and then just figure it out. And Wall might be the one guy who can save Boogie. Totally, that's a fun team. Also, like, why wouldn't you go to like just like when when, when you want to watch all of those games, like just to see what Boogie, what Boogie and Wall could do together? Yeah, Boogie Wall and Tibbs in Washington. Boogie has not helped himself this season. No, I think teams are concerned about. It's not. This wasn't his fault because it was so dysfunctional for so many years and so much change and worse. But at some point, you get that stink on you. Yeah, and that's the fear now. It's like this is now. It's it's almost like uh, you take some kid who grew up in the wrong house with parents who are letting them stay up till three in the morning every night and drinking. And <laughs> at some point, there's going to be effects. <laughs> yeah. And with Boogie, it's like he's just used to dysfunction for six years. Like, yeah. how do you just put that guy in a normal environment? Whereas, like, somebody like Tate is in the perfect environment and actually has a chance to succeed. I think if Tate goes Tate's to the like wrong Kawhi. website, he's a head case. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, Tate's like Kawhi Leonard. Fucking, he's out of his mind. <laughs> Showing up hungover for podcasts. Like, who knows? But Boogie with us, and, he's in the right environment. Boogie and Rondo probably wasn't great for Boogie because it was sort of like a sympathizer. No. So it was sort of like there wasn't someone to like help him like fall in line, but more like, yeah, like let's clap this out together. So it probably yeah. like escalated what he was already feeling. Yeah, Rondo does seem like one of those guys where the coach gives a speech and the coach leaves and then Rondo like raises his eyebrow and looks at his teammates like, fuck that guy. You know, like, <laughs> just kind of a general vibe. I feel like he did that for Monte Ellis last year also in Dallas. Yeah. So it's kind of like as a veteran, he kind of finds like his, his I just think that mate. that only means one thing and that's player coach Rondo. <laughs> it's like you got to make him accountable by He's making been, him head coach. <laughs> he'd be better than Kurt Rambis. I know. Uh, who's the source of say MVP for this season? Ooh, sources. I mean, how is it not D'Angelo Russell? Just to, wow. go back, to go back to him because there's been murmurings about him all season. So it's kind of like he we was, did a whole thing about like all the things that Byron Scott had said about yeah. him, and now yeah. Byron Scott seems like he was down underplaying it. Yeah. I also, I just think the Lakers do not support him. Like, like we wouldn't necessarily need to know all of these things about D'Angelo Russell, but they're out there. Like yeah. they get out there. So I just don't. I, I think it's him, and also. 
you know, he's just been through a lot of outfits as well this season. I feel like he's uh, he's just embracing his celebrity. Like he said, he loved playing in LA, which I believe. Like he probably does yeah, want to be I'm in a sure big market. I'm sure that's one of the things that's really bumming him out right now is the idea. It's not like he would be traded from you know Milwaukee or, right. or Indiana. He's like, I don't want to leave the Lakers, man. Yeah. This is great. I'm enjoying myself. All right, so you get the second pick. Yeah, I have the fourth pick. Philly, you mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I would have the fifth pick. I guess somebody would jump me. Um, I offer you fifth pick, 11th pick, 20th pick, and 31st pick for the, for the second pick. You're offering me the fifth pick, you said? Yeah, but then the Lakers say, if you get that fifth pick from Boston, we'll flip it to you for Russell. So now I'm giving you Russell, 12, 23, and 31 for two. This is not like... I, I'm totally willing to be wrong about this, but this doesn't feel like a really talent-rich draft. Even though last year's was really like much better than we expected this is, it to they be. They should trade down. You think so? Philly. Yeah. I thought they should have traded down in the MB draft when the Celts offered them six in the Brooklyn pick. They could end up with Smart and Randall and a Brooklyn pick. Like, yeah. I, I almost feel like you have to do that. Just because of what Philly was trying to do. Yeah. Philly's trying to be like, we're going to throw away the next six years until we hit the jackpot with the superstar you i know. bet that they think that to get that superstar they have to stay in the top three though they have to keep picking these this from this like set of three two or three players i think ben simmons is gonna go first is my new theory in this because i think he's the only guy who has a chance to actually be a superstar mm. and you could talk yourself into all the reasons why it didn't work with him you know he's just in a terrible situation yeah not really set up to succeed right now plus he's like priming himself to be a superstar like he seems more emotionally ready than like say d'angelo russell yeah well he's australian that really helps him <laughs> so sources mvp i think i think james harden's in the mix i was gonna say harden number two you got the chloe factor you got yeah. the dwight drama you know he's showing he's showing up with strippers on social media like he's definitely number two I, lebron uh, is in there yeah i think lebron and Kyrie could be like tied for three because i don't know if lebron is as unhappy if he's not playing with Kyrie and I think Kyrie on the low is like a big, like, I, I think he's more like Harden than he is like LeBron. We left out somebody who arguably is the MVP. Blake Coach Gri Derek Fisher. Blake Griffin. Oh, oh Blake. Yeah. Coach Derek Fisher is great. <laughs> Blake Griffin. Who, who did more for source to say than Blake Griffin? That's true. It's been a lot. I, you know, I would An love to get some, run. I would love to get some FaceTime with Matthias Testi <laughs> this summer. Is he back with the Clippers? I think so. I, I have a question. How does, uh, Team USA affect both the source of stay, source of stay storylines and also free agency with the Olympics this summer. Chris Paul's out. Kobe's out. Blake has no chance now. LeBron D'Angelo Russell's out. Boogie in. Take Boogie to Rio. I don't know. This what? is a, I'd have to look at all the names. Because like, is this a big moment for Gordon Hayward? Is he going <laughs> to get the call up Gordon because Hayward. these people are Isn't he training? Out? He's training for a superhero movie. <laughs> he's kind of stretching for American Ninja he, Warrior. He's like, like Hugh, Hugh Jackman did X-Men. Put <laughs> <laughs> on 25 pounds. That would be great if Gordon Hayward showed up in Rio and was like, oh, I thought I was going to do shot put down here, guys. <laughs> That's not how he talks. Gordon Hayward, <laughs> this is your second weird accent you've done. <laughs> Uh, my 2016-2017 storylines for sorts to say, looking ahead, is fame ruining the Warriors. I just see it coming. It's just going to happen next the year. The Aisha Curry Food Network cooking show got me a little concerned. Yeah, there's that. There's Draymond Green being so, like a legit celebrity. I also think 
Andre Iguodala agreeing to do that lift video is also kind of a sea change. Like, that's not really his vibe. Like, he's not really, like, doing viral videos. No. It's common. Next year, they're they're too they're too famous. I want I want my my wish for 2016-17 is a uh, a Kawhi Leonard gets a huge ego, <laughs> starts watching vinyl, and it's just like, yeah, that looks fun, and he just gets really into like excess. <laughs> I think it'll be like what happened with Durant, where it was he hits 24-25 and some sort of swear. Maybe he already is that. I don't I'm know. I'd say what it is. I say Kawhi Leonard be... could be 35 or 25 <laughs> and I would say, "Oh sure, it makes <laughs> yeah. sense." Like Durant was like, "Oh, what are you?" And then all of a sudden he started feeling himself a little bit. Yeah. All of a sudden he's in ho- photographs at hookah bars. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, Kawhi, that's a good one. I think Kawhi's way of uh rebelling will be some sort of long goatee facial hair thing. Yeah. Like a, like a 40 years ago Maravich kind of that long <laughs> devil. <laughs> But that'll be it. That'll be his only move. He should braid it. Beard lock, yeah. That so can we all gross. agree, just just for sake of sources say and just fun in general, it's the most fun if the Bulls make the playoffs as the eighth seed over Indiana or anyone else, right? The Bulls, it's so dysfunctional. That's a miserable first fun. round. First Bulls, round they, Bulls anyway. Cleveland, it's just so much good body language going wrong and all that. But then the other side... I really want the Rockets to play the Warriors because I think this Rockets team, <laughs> I really feel like they, they might get in a fist fight in the huddle or something. Dwight's just done. He's just mentally checked out. Oh. Like, Dwight might just walk off the court during a game. Like he did in the Lakers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, he'd just be, like, he'll just get himself thrown out and just leave and just get in the car and he's, he's gone. I would love to see Beasley just bring the, the Beasley versus Draymond in the in the playoffs. That'd be incredible. incredible. I'm scared of Patrick Beverly guarding Steph Curry. I don't want to see that. Like I, oh man, that's another. That's see, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dallas Golden State is a route. Those games, it's four games. That's done. But Houston has subplots. Yeah, uh, they, they have some crazy guys. That's good. There would be a weird Harden 50 point game, and then there would yeah. be like the next game he'd score seven and looked like he had been out for six nights in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Beasley is the seventh best player in the league. Yeah. <laughs> Beasley to real. Yeah, Beasley. Is Beasley an Olympic candidate? That's <laughs> amazing. Boogie and Beasley. 16 points a game in 15 minutes. Boogie, Beasley, Rondo starting starting. What a Rio. great squad. Another uh, matchup in play that I'm rooting for is Clippers-Blazers 4-5. Yeah. Because I would love just Dame and Steph for a few a few. I games. think Silver I mean, needs to step CP3 in and make sure and Bl- Clippers-Grizz doesn't happen. I've been, yeah. It's just for everybody's sake. It'd be horrible. That could be the first time where I, I don't want to go to a playoff game. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, game two of Clippers Grizzlies. More like game Great. 70. I like the idea of um, all the point guards who get inv- invited into the Chris Paul State Farm commercials then like becoming better than Chris Paul. So he like <laughs> hates playing against them. So like, there's a lot of potential for that with uh, Lillard and Chris Paul. And I would love to see that over like five to six games. Well, Memphis has Tony Allen, Matt Barnes, and Zebo just in like a nothing to lose kind of mode. Scoring dynamo, Trying to get Tony into Blake's Allen. head. I, I mean, can you imagine being Blake Griffin and you finally, after all this, get back and you have to face up against Birdman, Zebo and Tony <laughs> Allen? I'm still not convinced we see him. Blake? Blake? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's got he's served one game so far, three more, so he can play four regular season games, right? Doc said he just needed like two or three to get back into rhythm. Sure. The Austin Rivers heat check last night was oh, incredible. Incredible. 32 points? And it, like right as everybody was about to start tweeting Austin Rivers heat check, like turnover, air ball, it just it completely fell apart. It was, the, it was the worst heat check that had ever happened. Uh, I want Houston to make it. I agree with Juliet. 
Portland Clippers would be so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. And the- CJ McCollum is now, I think he's the best player in the league at making shots that I don't understand how he made them. But he had this little baseline step away against the Celts that murdered us last night. I don't even know how he got the shot off. He has like this 38-year-old man's game. Yeah. As a guard, but he's like 23. I love that guy. CJ, if you're listening, good job by you this year. I think there's potential for the ringer to hire him as an intern. Like, I think we can make it happen. I love us. No, well, you should we... hire him as co-editor-in-chief with Sean. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Let us be your player's tribune, CJ. I'm going to tweet, some people in this ringer office think their jobs are secure. <laughs> That'll be it. Just... Just it happened there. to LaMarcus, and it could happen to you, Sean Fennessy. You're replaceable. <laughs> well, can you guys do as sources say uh, end of the season, uh, all-star team, or like we need some sort of extravaganza at the end of the year. Yeah, right? we'll do yeah, one. Yeah, of course. Playoffs? Oh, For sure. yeah. Well, playoffs is kind of our time, you know? Yeah. We got, that's like when the duels come out one-on-one. Yeah, that's get, when beefs really start. Yeah, because you simmer. have to play each other so many freaking times. Yeah. So we have uh, – that's the Channel 33 podcast, which you can subscribe to. On iTunes or on SoundCloud, which is all time loaded these days. Really, like this week was amazing. We got murderous, fa- murderous row. Fabs and, and Fife politics. Yeah. Mallory Rubin and Robert Mays doing NFL draft, which launched today. Yeah, Chris and Andy doing the watch as always. Uh, Tate and Mallory will be doing one more college basketball podcast next week. Jam um, sesh. Amanda and I doing pop culture on Tuesdays. It's just everything. It's just we're a gonna lot. launch a little little tech pod with our our new. Employee Molly McHugh. Nice. Strong That's showing by Molly in the newsletter this Great week. Pipes. Great pipes. Great on pipes that on Molly. That. That's what we're calling that tech pod. Great pipes <laughs> with Molly McHugh. No, we just renamed her Molly Great Pipes. <laughs> Molly Great Pipes. And then uh, hopefully a wrestling pod too. So a lot going on. All right. Thanks to SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast and Channel 33. Thanks to HBO Now. You don't need cable or satellite to watch HBO. Download the HBO Now app and start a free one month trial. Uh, and a quick reminder go to the Ringer. Dot com to subscribe to our newsletter. We're closing in on 175,000 subscribers. Are we there yet? Almost. Almost. We're going to get there today with Damn your help. Close. And almost 200,000 Twitter followers at, at Ringer. Um, everything's going great. Please keep supporting the site, especially if you like rooting for the underdog. I think we're the underdog. A little bit. Yeah. Kind of. Not not like uh, the Bulls going into a round one series against <laughs> Cleveland, but anyway, enjoy the weekend and we'll be back next week. Thanks. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here, close your eyes, and picture me rolling.